Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver, and this weekend we're going to have a bit of a reversal of roles because the world traveler Mike McDaniel, who joins me tonight, will not be traveling, but I myself actually kind of will be. I was going to say, two weeks in a row now I'm going to be at home, so I don't know what's going on here, Joey. A little bit off my game. I, I'm concerned that uh, people are going to start questioning your reputation here. Um, keep uh, watching games in a traditional manner. Um, yeah, so we got a huge uh, Week 7 slate in front of us. we got eight games. Six of them are conference games, and a couple of them are out of conference. Um, one of them we're going to kind of stretch and just consider Notre Dame an ACC team for the purposes of this podcast, but... Uh, we got a big slate here, some really interesting matchups we're going to dive into. Uh, we'll, we'll get to our picks of the week at the end of the podcast as well. Uh, but just so you guys know, before we get started, you can reach us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can also contact, contact us via email, the longest email address in the history of mankind, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Um, it's really starting to roll off the tongue nicely. I'm starting to you know nail it. You're rolling, man. You're rolling. <laughs> on fire. All right. Good stuff. So, yeah, so please contact us and subscribe on iTunes and rate us and tell us what you think and all this. Uh, if you missed it, we, we did a week six recap show that posted earlier this week. Uh, we're now coming back, splitting these up now. Uh, this is our week seven preview show. So uh, we're going to start getting into some of these games here, Mike. We're going to start with the, the big one of the weekend in the, in the conference 3.30 p.m. on ABC and or ESPN2 that hasn't been established by the time of this recording. The number 17 North Carolina Tar Heels coming off of a rough, demoralizing loss uh, to the Virginia Tech Hokies. They're going on the road to take on the formerly number 10 Miami Hurricanes who are coming off of a huge, demoralizing loss to the Florida State Seminoles. So A lot of sadness. Yeah, no, yeah, this is a... Uh, this is a, a game about redemption for one of these teams. Uh, Miami, a seven-point favorite at home. Um, like we said, I mean, both teams coming off of rough losses in week six and, and trying to get themselves reestablished. You figure whoever wins this game immediately becomes the number one threat to Virginia Tech in the Coastal. Is that fair? I can't believe that it's it's coming to this. Um, as a Hokies fan, this is finally panning out to looking like Virginia Tech's the real player in the Coastal Division. We haven't been able to say that since 2011. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, North Carolina and Miami, look, they're, they're two teams coming off of tough losses. North Carolina, uh, look, it, it was like they didn't even show up. Um, and then, of course, Miami showed up. It's a tough week for Hurricanes fans, though, because they got exposed. Um, they are not 85 Bears good, Joey, is, you know, to steal your line. Um, Brad Kaya is fine. Is a fine quarterback. I've been in that camp for a long time. But, man, oh, man, when, when the lights were at uh, – when the lights were brightest last week against Florida State, he could not turn it on like they needed to. Um so, so a tough loss for Miami last week as well. You know, the story in this game is going to be, you know, A, is Miami going to be able to protect Brad Kaya? And against North Carolina's defense, the answer is probably yes. Um, and then the second question will be, can North Carolina's run defense stop uh, Miami's rushing attack with Mark Walton, Joe Yearby? Both of them have been fantastic this year. Um, a, a nice little two-headed monster they have for the Hurricanes. 
uh, when, when looking at Miami. They, they tr- they've tried to run the ball more than they have in, in recent years to try to open up the pass a little bit more for Kaya instead of just forcing Kaya to throw it 40 times a game. I like that strategy better if I'm a Hurricanes fan. I think more balance on offense is obviously the, the preferable option. You know, for North Carolina, it's it's going to be a story about, you know, Mitch Trubisky and, and their ability to put points on the board. He's going to have to bounce back through two interceptions last week against Virginia Tech. He's going to have to bounce back and play well. I expect him to. Um, a real toss-up game and one that could, in my opinion, get into a little bit of a shootout, Joey. Yeah, I think that's probably safe to say. Um, we talked earlier this week about how North Carolina has been a very hot and cold kind of team. Um in their four wins, they've been outstanding on offense, and, and the defense has actually kind of shown up and, and been serviceable. And in the two losses, I mean, they've just been kind of dragging and, and struggled against Georgia and against Virginia Tech. So it's kind of weird at this point to try to put any sort of faith in North Carolina, just knowing that they could come out and, as any given team on any given week. Um, so that's something I do struggle with. Something else that you, you mentioned and something that we talked with Cam Underwood about last week and uh, something we've seen for sure from Mark Rick's team uh, under in Miami for the first time uh, is they have really have committed themselves to the run with Joe Yearby, Mark Walton, um, and even Gus Edwards at times. And I think that that three-headed monster, if they stay committed to that, North Carolina's run defense has not really been inspiring at all um, in, in a lot of cases. They, they really did a nice job of snuffing out Pittsburgh, but that was because Pittsburgh was – or, uh, excuse me, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong stats here. Uh, yeah, no, the uh, the low watermark for North Carolina's run defense on the year, 182 yards by Illinois. Not good, Bob. James Madison ran for 209 yards. Uh, Georgia went for 289. Pittsburgh went for 281. Uh, Virginia Tech went for 189 last week in a game where passing was – nearly impossible so if that's what you're getting from some of those teams I think that Miami is going to be right there not having any problems running the ball against this North Carolina defense and and I think that the the Miami defense is going to be good and opportunistic enough to to kind of keep themselves ahead in this game I don't I don't think that they're going to get outscored I think this will be a bit of a track meet I'm with you I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the seven I'll take Miami to win this game Uh, maybe we'll call it yeah definitely a shootout so we'll call it 48-38. 48-38. That's a lot of a lot of points, but that's kind of where I see it going. Um, no, no, I mean, I think Miami's a good team. They have this game at home. Um, you know, it's back-to-back weeks against some really good teams, right? Um, and, and the third straight week now against an ACC opponent. So Miami needs, to, needs this win to stay on track and, and get back on schedule here. Um, as, as one of the better teams in the ACC. Um, I'm in on that. I'm, I wasn't in on their number 10 ranking. I'm in on them being improved. I think this is a good weekend to show it. Um, look, North Carolina, they can score with you, but their defense hasn't done much. Um, and, and they let a Virginia Tech team that only had 70, something like 75 to 78 yards passing last weekend outscore them by 31 points. So, in those weather conditions, look, if you can't stop the run, you're in a lot of trouble. That's where I see North Carolina running into some issues in this game. Miami's done such a great job running the football this year with Walton and Yearby, and sometimes Gus Edwards, like you said. I think the Hurricanes are too much because of their ground attack. I like them to win and cover the seven, so I'm in your camp. I think Miami scores 
40 to 50 points in this game. I think North Carolina will, will score plenty as well. But I think that the end of, at the end of the day, the, the defense of North Carolina is not nearly what it should be to contend with a rushing attack that Miami's about to throw at them. Because the Hurricanes have been one of the better running teams in the ACC. I expect that success to continue this Saturday. Trend to look out for here, Mike, is in five games, the Miami defense has given up more and more yards every single game. And that's not only on just like a total yardage basis, but also on a yards per play basis. Um, and in the two most recent games at Georgia Tech and at home against Florida State, they've given up 361 yards and 405 yards with 4.95 yards per play and 5.33 yards per play. So you figure with a big play North Carolina offense coming to town, that trend very easily could continue. So definitely a chance here for North Carolina. And, and like you said, I mean, I, I don't know that Miami is number 10 in the country good. I mean, they, they're, they are better, and they, they are a good team. But um, not quite world beater status yet. So I think that they're probably comfortably like the number two team in the Coastal uh, but we'll we'll determine that here in a, a little while whenever they take on Virginia Tech, I think, personally. So, anything else before we move on? No, I'm all set. I was going to say, I think Virginia Tech and Miami right now are firmly 1-2 one, one and two in the Coastal, but North Carolina can throw a wrench in that if they beat Miami this weekend. I think North Carolina is for sure the number two team in the Coastal if they're able to pull off a mild upset here on the road. I would agree with that. I think that's a pretty clear Tier 1 in the Coastal right now is... Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Miami. Moving on, Mike, 7.30 p.m. on NBC. Your Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Stanford Cardinal, currently ranked at number 15 before the new polls come out. And are you surprised that they're favored in this game? Yeah, I'm very surprised. I mean, look, Stanford struggled almost as much as Notre Dame has, but Stanford has Christian McCaffrey. The reason why Stanford hasn't won you know, has struggled the last two weeks, you know, um, losing to Washington the way they did and then losing again this past weekend is because Christian McCaffrey hasn't gotten going. Does anybody see Notre Dame stopping Christian McCaffrey? I don't. Um, McCaffrey has struggled historically getting in the end zone on the road throughout his career, true road games, up until uh, two weeks ago. I haven't checked on the stat more recently, but up until two weeks ago, Christian McCaffrey had yet to score a true road touchdown at Stanford, which was nuts to me, given how many touchdowns he scored. If that's still the case, which I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it is or not, but if that's still the case, that's changing on Saturday in South Bend. That's crazy. Um, Notre Dame's running defense, not great. It looked better in the second half against Syracuse, looked good again in NC State, um, but I think some of it had to do with weather conditions. But, but they were wrapping up a lot better, tackling a lot better. Uh, they're going to have to continue that against Stanford because McCaffrey will go up and down the field on them if they don't. Yes, I'm, I'm very surprised that Notre Dame's favored. Stanford's defense hasn't been great this year, but they're one of the better defenses on, on Notre Dame's schedule um, to date and moving forward. Um, they're probably one of the top two or three defenses on Notre Dame's schedule this year. I like Stanford in this game, Joey. I have no confidence in Notre Dame right now on either side of the football. I think that they're very one-dimensional on offense, and they don't have much of anything going for them on defense. So I like Stanford to cover on the road in South Bend. I look at this game and I am a little bit tempted to think that Christian McCaffrey might be able to recreate the, uh, the Rose Bowl from last year here. Um, I don't know what Notre Dame is going to do to stop him. They, there have been much lesser players that have run roughshod on this Notre Dame defense so far this year. And 
as you mentioned, I mean, Stanford has had its struggles, especially in the last couple of games, um, playing against Washington and Washington State. Uh, they've failed to eclipse 300 yards in either game, and, and they've just gotten outscored in both of them. Only a combined 22 points in those games. It's going to change this weekend. Um, Notre Dame has had as many problems as they've had on defense, and if, if there's any improvement, it is kind of just marginal. The thing that I wonder is if if the the issues that Notre Dame has on defense and if you know how, how Stanford's able to attack that is it enough for Stanford to use that to outscore what has still been a pretty potent Notre Dame offense? Um, we we saw them struggle obviously last week again in some weird weather conditions. Drink one, um, it, and so I mean there's there's a piece of that, but ultimately. I just don't know that Notre Dame can stop Stanford, especially if it comes down to it and it counts and it's, you know, a one-score game deep in the fourth and they need to come up with a stop. I just don't know that they can do it. Definitely uh, can't. So, definitely won't. Def- they definitely can't, definitely won't, based on what we've seen so far. Absolutely, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'm with you. I'm going to take Stanford outright to, to win this game. I think it can get a little high scoring, maybe uh, 35-31. Uh, give me the Cardinal here. All right, high noon on ABC. The Clemson Tigers, number three in the country, a 17-point home favorite against the NC State Wolfpack, fresh off of a win against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. This game is on ABC, if I didn't mention that already. Um, this this line seems a little low, frankly. Um, Clemson was about a 17-point favorite on the road against Boston College last week. Now they're taking on an NC State team. They're getting the same line. Um, I, I kind of have to really like the Tigers even to cover a lot of points here, Mike. That's, it's funny that you said that because that was going to be my first reaction to this, actually. Um, it's weird because Clemson being a 17-point road favorite at BC, and now they're playing NC State, and NC State, to their credit, is – a much better team than Boston College, but the Tigers are now at home where they're very tough to beat under Dabo Sweeney. And with the way Deshaun Watson's playing right now, the second half against Louisville and what he did to BC, I love the Tigers to cover. Um, I, I think Wayne Gallman will get going. I think the Clemson defense is going to cause Ryan Finley a lot of problems at NC State. Um, and, and, you know, we could see a little bit of Jalen McClendon if they try to run a little bit of an option look on Clemson's defense, but regardless, I think Clemson's defense, they have too many athletes for NC State to really score a lot of points on them. And then on the other side of the ball, Clemson's got so many weapons, and I'm, you know, for the rest of the conference's sake, I'd be scared. Deshaun Watson is starting to look once again. Now, I know it's PC's defense, which hasn't looked nearly as good in the secondary, and Louisville's defense in the second half, that was, that was very impressive what he was able to do. But I think... Deshaun Watson is starting to look a lot more like the Deshaun Watson that we saw last year when he had 5,000 all-purpose yards. And they're running him a little bit less because he's been so good in the passing in the last few weeks, and Wayne Gallman has been really good on the ground. So there's no reason to have Deshaun Watson taking as many hits in the running game. Um, But it's good to see him throwing the ball a little bit more efficiently and effectively here the last couple of weeks. I see that continuing at home in a noon game against NC State. Look, I think the Wolfpack will, will hang around here for a while, but I like Clemson to, to cover here at the end, maybe score a couple touchdowns late to cover that 17-point spread, and i like them to win here comfortably at home. 
you mentioned the defense, and and this is going to be far and away the best defensive unit that NC State has seen so far. It's not even close. Um, yeah, the Wolfpack have been good and pretty potent on offense all year, and, and that's probably one of the more underrated units in the entire conference. Um, they come in at 4-1 and one and, and seem like they could be maybe a little bit of a threat, but I just don't think that the, the Tigers' defense is going to let that happen. Um, we saw what they were able to do against a, like a Louisville unit that has been nothing even approaching you know, slowed down by anybody else. And... So I think that they're, they're, they're going to make it really hard to score for NC State. I think they might manage to find a way to get about 14, 17 points on the board. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't trust the NC State defense to keep keep their team anywhere within range yep. of any of that. Um, just, you know, knowing how they've done so far this year. So uh, I'm with you. Give me Clemson to cover 17. This is a, a big line, and yet I kind of feel good about them doing it. If they keep playing the same way we've seen them play the last couple of weeks, uh, Deshaun Watson, with with his weapons around him, uh, they should be just fine, able to put up forty plus on a on a decidedly average uh, NC State defense here, Mike. Yep, be careful about that noon kickoff, but I don't see a letdown happening here. Look, if the letdown was going to happen, it was going to be from Louisville to BC. It's an early kickoff; they'll still be a little bit tired, but Clemson will be ready with that home crowd. And when it's time, a little bit before noon on Saturday, to run down the hill, rub Howard's rock. I mean, I think they'll be. They'll be ready to go against NC State. I like Clemson to win pretty big here. We'll definitely keep an eye on that one. Um, we got to take a step back here and kick off the weekend right. So this is actually 7 p.m. on Friday on ESPN. The aforementioned number seven Louisville Cardinals are at home and a 32-point favorite against the Duke Blue Devils. Large line. Yeah, speaking of large lines that teams might actually kind of comfortably cover... Um, yep. Yeah, so Clemson's defense in a dominant effort against Louisville held the Cardinals to 36 points. Uh, I, I told somebody I think that the Clemson defense legitimately could be the only unit all year that holds Louisville under 50. Uh, we, we talk about the freight train from hell that is their offense. I, I mean, Duke's defense is fine. I mean, they're, they're not like a total liability, but they're not – Real world beaters either, and I feel like they they might be just really victimized by Lamar Jackson in this game. Like I was gonna say, they better hope that Lamar Jackson steps off the plane, gets struck by lightning or something. Cause that's about the only way they don't cover this thirty-two point spread, in my opinion. Oh, this is in Louisville. This is um, this is a game that Duke is going to have a ton of problems on defense and. We don't really know what to make of Duke. I mean, still. Uh, I mean, they were outgained by Army in all facets last week, still lost, or was able to win. Um, I'm sorry. They, they were able to beat Army despite being outgained in all facets. Army had a really good running attack. Louisville, really good running attack. Also, really good passing attack. Um, not only with Radcliffe, but, you know, with Lamar Jackson running and throwing and all the receivers they have. Man, it. Duke's going to have a lot of issues on the outside, especially. I see James Quick having a big game here, Jamari Staples as well. I love Lamar Jackson, the way he's throwing the football right now. Um, to continue to have that success coming off of the bye week, they're going to be well-rested. It's a Friday night game. They're at home against a Duke team that is coming off a pretty good win against Army. But, I mean, look, you you got to go into Papa John Stadium, which is not an easy place to play to begin with. 
you're playing a team that's firing on all cylinders, even with that loss to Clemson. So I like Louisville to, even though it's a massive spread, I like Louisville to cover 32 in this one. Well, and I think as importantly as Louisville's offense, you know, seems to be uh, in good position to kind of run all over this Duke defense. I don't know for sure that Duke's offense is going to be able to get a whole lot going against, again, maybe what is a little bit of an underrated Cardinals defense. Um, we, we just haven't seen it on a consistent level from the Blue Devils so far this year. Um, I This game could get pretty ugly pretty quick. Um, I think the only chance that Duke has, in my mind, of even covering a 32-point spread, as crazy as that is it, and crazy as that sounds, is if Louisville gets into like the third quarter and kind of lets off the gas and maybe things kind of, you know, they can kind of pull a backdoor cover, so to speak. Yep. But even then, I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing in the near future for Louisville that makes me think that they'll be really motivated to stop playing their game any sooner than they have to. Um, The only real challenge that they have left on the schedule I mean, I guess they've got North Carolina State next week and then Houston the week before Thanksgiving. And Houston's coming off that loss to Navy. I mean, Houston will still be tough on the road, but they're coming off of a loss to Navy, so now Houston's not going to be ranked quite as high as uh, Louisville was maybe hoping for college football playoff consideration. Right, yeah. So everything, I mean, sets up nicely for Louisville to just kind of cruise here for a little while. So, yeah, I, I feel a little dumb picking anybody to cover a 32-point spread against a Power 5 team. But when you just, like, look at this game, I I would be a little bit surprised if they didn't, frankly. Yep. Um, me, t- me too. And I guess it's more to the fact that six games in, we still don't really know a whole lot about Duke, or at least, you know, we, we would like to know more about Duke heading into this one. It's it's a big test on the road. It's a short week for Duke. Louisville's coming off two weeks rest, which, you know, they, of course, needed the rest after that Clemson game. Um, you know, going back and forth the way they did, having a tough road loss. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think they'll cover 32, but I'm, I'm in that camp as well. Um, I don't see this train slowing down. The only way Louisville's going to lose another game here this year, um, prior to maybe Houston, is if they have a letdown. And I don't think this is the week that happens because Duke doesn't have the firepower on offense to, you know, have this upset happen, even if Louisville were to turn the ball over three or four times and and play a bad game on offense. I'm not sure even then Duke would be able to outscore them unless Louisville just left it right on the doorstep. So, yeah, give me the Cardinals to cover 32. I'm going to take Louisville 63-14. And that might be generous to Duke. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I mean, I was going to go along the lines of like 55-14. We can put them in the 60s, though. I mean, I, I can see that happening. They're at home, Joey. You know, they're at home. So, we'll see and what you happens. you know Bobby Petrino's not, not ashamed to put up absurd numbers like that. So He's never afraid to run it up. So, why not? Uh All right, Mike, we're about halfway through a four-pack of games that have double-digit spreads in conference play. We'll move on to the next one. Another another four-pack, huh? (laughs) Another four-pack. I live my life one four-pack at a time, Mike. Um, Okay, so next game, 345 on ESPNU. Your number 25, Virginia Tech Hokies, 18.5-point favorites on the road in the Carrier Dome against the Syracuse Orange. 
Um, I so I look at these and again some big spreads and stuff. And first of all, I'll say this: I don't I don't think that Syracuse threatens Virginia Tech to win the game outright at all. Um, I think the Hokies are, are a big favorite for a reason, and they have every reason to win this game. But I'm stuck with this idea that like Vegas wasn't built on favorites covering, you know, and especially in big big spreads and big lines like this. So I'm, I'm kind of tempted to think that maybe the Syracuse offense can get going enough to make it like a 17-point game to cover 18.5. But, man, Bud Foster's defense has been something else this year, and I just I don't know that that's, gonna, that's ever going to happen with this unit. This is kind of what this is what we're stuck with here, right? So Virginia Tech goes on the road to North Carolina against a really good passing offense, but the weather was so bad that we didn't really get to see how a really really solid passing attack with a million playmakers would play out against Bud Foster's defense. It wasn't ideal conditions. Trubisky goes 13 of 33. You know he's completing more than a third of his passes if the weather's better. Uh, that's not a question. Virginia Tech shut down. One relatively solid passing attack in East Carolina. Um, you know, Philip Nelson still threw for four, like something like 400 yards in that game against Virginia Tech a few weeks back. But in that game, the Hokies really just gave up two big plays on defense when the game was decided, like two long pass plays, and that was a majority of those passing yards for Philip Nelson. I like to think that East Carolina's offense is something along the lines of Syracuse's, getting up tempo, throwing the ball a ton, more of an air raid style. Um, I think that's what Syracuse will ideally like to do here at home. The Carrier Dome is, is a relatively difficult place to play. I, 18 and a half is a big spread. Um, but because of what I saw out of Virginia Tech at home against East Carolina, I'm, I'm going to take the North Carolina game out because of the weather. Because of what I saw with the Hokies against East Carolina, I think if they play that sort of game, they'll cover 18 and a half even on the road. I'm nervous picking it as my pick of the week. We'll get into that later, of course. I'm nervous putting that much confidence in a pick that they'll cover because I think this could be a situation where Syracuse maybe has a backdoor cover action here uh, late in the game. They score a, a garbage-time touchdown against the second, you know, Virginia Tech's second-string defense. I love the Hokies to win this game. I don't think there will be a letdown of any sort. I think this team's focused. Fuente's got them focused. Um, I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if they went on the road and didn't play very well in this one. And even even then, um, if the offense somehow sputtered, the defense is good enough right now, I think, where the margin for error can be a lot greater on offense than it could have been years past. So I'm taking the Hokies to win and to cover on the road at, um, you know, at Syracuse and the Carrier Dome. But it's not a game I'd be a 1,000% confident in them covering just because I, I could see a way where Syracuse finds a way to score a late touchdown maybe in garbage time to cover 18 and a half to screw a bunch of betters, but I'm taking the Hokies. I'll give you two things here. So first of all, Syracuse and the Carrier Dome, a, a notoriously tough place to play. Um, Syracuse tends to play pretty well there. Uh, it can be a bit of an intimidating environment, so there's that factor at play. There's also the look-ahead factor here for Virginia Tech. Uh, I, I don't. I'm with you. I don't know that there's really a letdown factor uh, coming off of a win at North Carolina, where it wasn't like a big emotional win. I mean, it was kind of a blowout and kind of an ugly game, and uh, you know, there there was no real. There's nothing really to be let down from, so to speak. Um, however, 
this game happens on Saturday. The following Thursday, they host the Miami Hurricanes yep. in what might might turn into the division championship game. Um, and so I think that the look-ahead factor might also play a bit of a role. I am in no way, shape, or form going to pick Syracuse to win this game. And they have not, as much as Syracuse can move the ball and has, their offenses look pretty good and has gotten better throughout the year, they still have not proven that they can do that on a consistent basis. Um, and so uh, give me the Hokies. I, I think maybe Syracuse can cover 18 and a half and maybe just to do something different, I'll take them. Uh, but give me Virginia Tech in a comfortable game here. Uh, maybe something like 42-24. Yeah, that'd be covering 18 and a half. Yep. Yeah, 42-24. Yep. Virginia Tech. All right. Three more here, Mike. Uh, the uh, Your Wake Forest Steam and Deacons. The Steam and Deacons, baby. Five and one. They are back on track. They they coming off a big victory last week. Uh, they are on the road this week. And... I think they're being a little disrespected here. They're a three-touchdown underdog, although, to be fair, they are playing the Florida State Seminoles, <laughs> who are, you know, pretty good, and uh, coming off of a big win against Miami. This game's at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. Wake Forest getting that ESPN mid-afternoon slot. That's that's high praise. Yep. Um, again, another th- big, big spread here. This is outside of three touchdowns. Um, for Florida State, is there any sort of letdown spot here when you start talking about they're coming off a huge comeback win over a rival team and then maybe what next week now they're two weeks they got Clemson so they, they've even got a bye week next week so probably not a look down you know look ahead let down spot here if I had to guess I, I mean I don't think so I you know I think Florida State wins this game I almost want to say they'll cover too um, I made this mistake last week not going with Wake Forest I said I wouldn't do it again um, here's the issue I have, truthfully, with Wake Forest, and this stems with their strengths and their identity, which we talked about on last week's recap, um, or, or earlier in the week, I'm sorry, the recap. Wake Forest has an identity. They want to stop the run, and they want to run the football. And the issue they're going to have here is that Florida State's running defense has not been their issue. It's been the passing defense. Wake Forest's biggest issues on offense or in the passing game. Cade Carney has run the ball great. If he runs the ball great in this game, Wake Forest is going to have a chance to not only cover the spread, but to make it interesting late. I think that, um, because I do believe that if there's a team in the ACC right now that I think can slow down Dalvin Cook, it's Wake Forest, because that's what they've been doing in running backs all year. My issue is that Miami had Mark Walton and Joe Yearby two of the more underrated backs in the conference. And, and that two-headed rushing attack they had in Miami has been really good all year. And they go in and they combine on 20-plus carries for only 78 yards against Florida State's defense last week at home. Um, that's, that's a problem. And I think if Wake Forest doesn't get the ball rolling in the run game, they're going to have a lot of trouble throwing on Florida State. Because even though the Seminoles have struggled in, in their secondary John Walford and Kendall Hinton, and right now it's, it's John Walford, he can't throw 30 times a game. I mean, he's not that type of quarterback. He's, he's not good enough to throw that many times. And if he does, against the talent they have on that defense, no matter how much they've struggled, I, I love Florida State's chances there. So it's a big line, I agree, 22 and a half. 
Wake Forest getting the three thirty afternoon action. I love it. Five and one Wake Forest, but there's no shame in being five and two with a loss to a ranked Florida State team coming off of a huge one against Miami. Do I think there's do I think there's a look ahead factor, Clemson? No, I don't because of the bye week. Do I think there's a letdown? No, I don't because that's a game. If you're a Florida State fan, they were going in that game against Miami expecting to win. Miami thought that they were crazy for thinking that, but jokes on the Miami fans. Um, sorry, Cam. Yeah, sorry, Cam. Um, no, but I like the Seminoles to win and actually cover in this one because I, I think that they're going to be able to slow down Wake Forest running game and. I think they'll contain Dalvin Cook, but I think the issue Wake Forest will run into is DeAndre Francois throwing the football. I think he'll have some success there. I think Florida State may be able to turn over Wake Forest a time or two and get working with a short field. For those reasons, I'd like Florida State um, in this one to win and actually cover 22.5. I'm so tempted to pick Wake Forest for like the upset of the century to beat Florida State here and establish themselves as the steam and deacons of the ACC Atlantic and maybe finish fourth. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. you're going to have to take the steam and deacons moniker away from yeah. me because you would be so bold to pick them in a huge upset. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah. I So with Wake Forest and the offense that they're going to run, I think they're going to try to limit possessions and keep the score down. I think they're, they're going to have some success against a Florida State defense that might only be playing at, like, 90% effort uh, in a game that they know they're going to win, win comfortably. Might even get some, you know, again, some backdoor cover action where Wake Forest can kind of score a couple of late touchdowns or something to make it look closer than it is. Backdoor cover action, drink. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can, yeah. I'm going to leave that one right there. Anyways. Yeah, that, that um, boy. <laughs> yeah, I think Florida State wins this game comfortably. Uh, I I am going to pick Wake Forest to cover the spread, though. I, I think that they'll keep it within a reasonable scoring margin. So give me Florida State to win, but Wake Forest to cover. Uh, I'll take Florida State like 35-17, something like that. So that would be like an 18-point margin. And they'd cover. And they would cover, correct. Yep. That's what I'm going with. Don't let me down, Wake. I got your back. I need you to have mine. I'm quitting on you for a second straight week, Wake, but still good. Still the Steam and Deacons. Close to my heart. Just can't speaking, pick you. Speaking of teams you're totally willing to quit on, the uh, the Virginia Cavaliers this week hosting the Pittsburgh Panthers at 12.30 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra and watch ESPN. Uh, the, it's, this is a weird line, Mike. The, the Panthers are a five point road favorite in Charlottesville. I don't really totally understand that, uh, kind of where they got that from. The Panthers have been really good offensively. The, the defense has been a little bit of a problem. I don't know that Virginia is the type of team that's going to make them pay for the things that ail them. Um, I really like the Panthers to cover five here and, and kind of keep up their winning ways here. Virginia was on a bye last week, so they didn't make our go ACC moment of the week, so that explains that. Um, they'll find a way this week, though, against Pitt. Uh, yeah, playing at home, I mean, look, I think Virginia, to their credit, they have some fight in them. I think a lot of that is attributed to Bronco Mendenhall, and Joey, you and I were high on the hire, right? We were talking about how great of a hire it was, and then it's been a roller coaster. They were so bad at the beginning of the year, and you and I came out and actually questioned questioned the hire. So it's been a huge roller coaster. I haven't been able to stick to my guns here with Mendenhall as much as I would have liked just because they looked so bad in the first 
throughout the first month of the season, but they were able to muster up a few wins there, and they're sitting here at two and three. Um, Virginia's an interesting team. I, you know, I think that Kurt Benker, to his credit, has played pretty well at quarterback, but they just find keep finding new and new and exciting ways to lose games. I think that might be the case again against Pittsburgh. I think the Panthers will have a lot of success running the football with the stable of backs, um, you, you know, from Allison to, of course, James Conner. They've given the ball to Quadri Henderson, who's technically a receiver. Uh, it's it, it's a rushing attack you don't want to mess with, and Nate Peterman's playing with a lot of success right now at a really, really solid game against Georgia Tech last week. I like Pittsburgh to win and cover five here. I, I think Virginia will, will stay competitive in this game. I do. Um, it just because Pittsburgh doesn't seem to ever really win a whole lot of um, conference games going away. Uh, they're a wildly explosive offense this year, which is different because um, we haven't really seen that before. But Virginia is a team that, you know, if there's one team in the ACC that's going to get blown out unexpectedly, uh, ding, 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 we have a winner in this one with Virginia. Um, so I'm going to go with Pitt. I think it'll be maybe like a two-touchdown spread before it's all said and done. But I like the Panthers on the road because they're a running attack and because they got James Conner, who's running with, running with a vengeance here. Um, in, in his return from cancer and the knee injury and so on and so forth. So uh, give me Pitt to win comfortably here, maybe by a couple touchdowns. Definitely like Pittsburgh here. A lot of them, a, a lot of stuff working for them right now between, again, rushing and passing offense, both looking good. Uh, their, their offense has given some pretty reasonably good defenses quite a few problems. Um, it's a very unique system that they're running up there with a lot of it, it kind of reminds me of like an Auburn offense, but run from under center instead of the shotgun because you've got a lot of rushing both straight up the middle as well as like end around, you know, side to side stuff. It's it's a very interesting system. If you haven't watched any Pittsburgh, it's it's working really well. And there's just nothing about Virginia right now that makes me think that they can stop it. Virginia's given up over 400 yards in four or five games that they've played. Uh, and in three of those, they were at 495 or more. And that was to Central Michigan, Richmond, and Oregon. Virginia, I don't know. That Again, like you said, we, we like to hire Bronco Mendenhall. I just don't think that this is the year for them. They, don't have, they, they don't have the horses, Joey. I mean, that was yeah. they just don't have the horses. Well, we talked about going into the year that it just felt like what Bronco Mendenhall was going to try to do with his team was something that it was in no way, shape, or form built to do. Oh, yeah. The, the personnel yeah. did not really match the scheme that we were going to see. And so time it's going to take some time to get there, but I'm with you. I think Pittsburgh wins this game comfortably. I think Pittsburgh wins this game by, like, three touchdowns. Um, I, I think Virginia's going to be able to throw the ball against a vulnerable pit secondary. But other than that, I, I don't see anything going Virginia's way here. So give me Pittsburgh, like, 42-21. The three-touchdown action. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, comfort, comfortably covering five for the uh, for the Panthers. Kind of again, weird line. I don't know about that. Seems seems very low. Might get a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, we're sitting here recording, of course, on on Sunday night here the split podcast. I mean, I think that line may may grow a little bit larger here throughout the week. So that's something to monitor here. You know, because you guys will be listening to this what Wednesday or Thursday, and that this will be something for you guys to take a look at as well. It might not be five points spread by the time you guys listen to this, but I, I think this is definitely a line. If there's going to be one out of these games that's going to grow a little bit, I think this is one of the candidates uh, to be most likely to move. Yeah, this is odd. I'm just 
it like it, it's opened at five, and usually you see in like the first hour. There was a, I forget there was another game I was looking at. I think it might have been the the Georgia Tech Georgia Southern game that we're about to talk about. Where another weird line. Georgia Tech opened at a six-point favorite, and in about an hour, they were a nine-point favorite. I mean, so you see that kind of thing on Sundays when they start releasing these lines sometimes. Pittsburgh is held consistent between five-and-a-half and and down to four-and-a-half and and now back at five. So, I don't know. I I would think that it would move, like you said, but maybe there's something that we're missing. I don't know. Time will tell. Um, If if something changes between now and then, you know, maybe – Maybe this will be a little bit outdated by the time somebody's listening to it. But, anyways, like I said, we got one more game we got to talk about here. Georgia Tech, a ten and a half point home favorite against Georgia Southern at twelve thirty p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. Bet the house on I, that line. Bet the house yeah. on that line, man. That's crazy. Don't do this to me, Mike. Don't do this to me. Don't give you confidence. Don't. Yeah, you. We know how this ends. No. Um, yeah, I'll actually be in attendance at this game. Um, I got to be in Atlanta for a wedding. Uh, thank you fall wedding people it's wedding um, season yeah well, yeah Classic. it shouldn't be but yeah. you know <laughs> happens so anyways yeah so we'll be in Atlanta at a wedding um so I'm gonna try to drop in the game it's a, thankfully it's a 12 30 game hope we can get out of there by about 3 3 30 and go get dressed up and ready to go for like a 5 or 5 30 wedding so should be good but like I said Georgia Tech a 10 and a half point favorite against Georgia Southern what's what the one of the first things that people are going to remember about this game is that from two years ago, the vaunted 2014 Georgia Tech team, um, they gave up like a four touchdown lead to to Southern, and the the Eagles came back and took a 38-35 lead after I think Georgia Tech led 35-7 at halftime, and it was only on a a very sketchy possible forward pass that got batted down and was ruled a fumble and Georgia Tech recovered it so that they were able to march down the field and get the winning score. That was how they saved that game and won. Um, and so people are going to look at that and say, oh man, that was how close Georgia Southern was two years ago and it was, that was a way better Georgia Tech team. So this, you know, Georgia Southern might just win this game outright. Well, I would also tell you, careful, because this is not the same Georgia Southern team we saw two years ago. Yep. Georgia Southern's had a lot of problems this year, uh, kind of replicating some of their more recent success. Uh, they just came off of a loss, an ugly, ugly Wednesday night loss at Arkansas State. Uh, they lost at the very end of the game. Arkansas State had not won a game yet until that. Uh, they lost 49-31 to Western Michigan. Row that boat, P.J. Fleck. Um, so... Yeah, Georgia Southern, they've, they've kind of gotten away. From, and They're under a new coach, too. I should mention that. Um, Willie Fritz left them after last year and is now the head coach at Tulane. And the fortunes kind of in the in the more recent games have not really been there, especially on offense. Uh, the Eagles have failed to eclipse 400 yards the last couple of games. Uh, defensively have been not great. They gave up 525 yards to Arkansas State. So I... I feel comfortable saying Georgia Tech should win this game. I like them to cover ten and a half. I have seen so many bizarre things go against Georgia Tech that I don't know how much faith I can have in that. So, Mike, talk me off the cliff here. <laughs> Georgia Tech's going to cover. Uh, they're going to cover. They played well against Pittsburgh, Joey. They scored a lot of points. They, they of course, played well. They played well against Clemson this year. I know the final score will indicate otherwise, um, especially defensively they played well. 
obviously Georgia Southern's defense is not what Clemson's defense is, so you should have more than like 10 yards in the first half. Um, Georgia Tech played well against Miami, and you know they're probably two plays away from having that game go to overtime and a coin flip. Um, yeah, I, lo- I like Georgia Tech. I like the way they're running the ball right now. They had great success this weekend against Pittsburgh, who has a pretty decent run defense. Georgia Southern's run defense is not Pittsburgh's. Um, this is not the same Georgia Southern team they saw a couple of years ago when, of course, the lead was blown, and they have all they had all that talent on offense, too, then that Georgia Southern team. Willie Fritz is gone. That makes a difference. New coaching staff, different team. Georgia Tech wins and covers 10-and-a-half. Um, I like them by... I like them to win, Joey, by three touchdowns. I mean, I think it'll be that kind of spread. Georgia Tech's a much better team. They need they need this game. I think they'll get it. This is the start of a really critical two-game stretch here for Georgia Tech. Um, obviously started out the season with three wins, now have followed it up with three losses. They take on Georgia Southern and then Duke in their next two games. Georgia Tech has got to get a couple of wins and get some momentum going into November. They've got a really tough November slate, and... It's it's kind of a now or never thing for this team. If they're if they're going to try to manage to steal one from Virginia Tech, UNC, or Georgia, um, getting right and getting momentum and getting confidence right now is, is absolutely critical for the Yellow Jackets. So um, I'm with you. I think Georgia Tech can win this game pretty easily. Um, give me Georgia Tech like 38-24. I think Georgia Southern is going to stay in it and. There'll be plenty of Eagles fans in attendance, and that'll um, be annoying. Oh, you have no idea. It was it was really something. I was at the last time they played too, and it was it was bad. Um, but yeah, yeah. Give me Georgia Tech thirty eight twenty four. I think that they'll they'll get it done, and they'll start to get right a little bit, and just just need the ball to bounce their way a couple times, honestly. And, and I think that happens here. I hope that happens here. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if it. If it if it doesn't, it'll be kind of like you know Cam's pick last week, where he was like, "Yeah, I'll take Miami to you know win and cover." Yeah, it'd lock that thing be, up. Yeah, uh, be a shame if it didn't. Um, no, yeah, George Tech will be fine this one. I'll talk you off the cliff. That's what I'm here for. I trust you, Mike. That's I trust you. It's not good because we're going into our picks of the week, and I'm two and four. So, <laughs> hey, but yeah, speaking of, you were the only one in the win column last week. Yeah, um, that's a rare occurrence. That was a it was a good week for you, um, man. And now I'm blanking. Remind me what you had. I had Clemson to cover 17 against BC. They covered that's that right. covered that in the first quarter, like I predicted. Actually, I said they'll have it covered in the first quarter. They'll never look back. Look at you, you might Clemson. Get bonus points for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tell Vegas that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, man, I'll take it. It's my second win of the year, so. There you go. It puts you at two and four. I got my first loss of the year. Uh, I had Syracuse to win outright against Wake Forest, and that did not happen. Wake was pretty stifling to that Syracuse offense, so uh, that was not good. Cam also falls to zero and two. Sorry, Cam. Uh, you actually did lose your bet of uh, Miami minus two in this game. So there are bigger, bigger things on your plate to worry about than picking Miami to win that game, because or, or picking picking them to. Uh, cover their whatever it was one point spread mm-hmm. um, bigger fish bigger fish to fry now that they lost to Florida State an in-state rival what a shame Cam what a shame yeah so good good week for Mike bad week for the other two of us um, we're gonna do picks of the week here 
And I think, Mike, you are up to pick first this week. I believe I am. Um, I like Clemson, 17 points again. I mean, if you're going to keep giving me that line, I'm going to take it. Look, NC State's a better team. I was actually more concerned about the Boston College game last week, and for better or for worse, and that was just because it was – you know, it was a short week coming off an emotional win against Louisville at, at home and then having to go on the road to Chestnut Hill. Now you're playing on longer rest. You get an extra day of rest um, now that you're played on Friday instead of Saturday last week. You're coming into this game at home against NC State. Noon kickoff scares me a little bit in this one because teams tend to play a little sleepy around noon because they're waking up at like 6 to get themselves ready to play. I like Clemson, Deshaun Watson to cover 17. I think by the time they run down that hill on Saturday, a little before noon, they'll be ready to go. I have a lot of trouble seeing NC State move the ball on this Clemson defense. I think NC State's been very good on offense this year, very proficient. NC State's defense is one of the top 20 um, ranked squads in total defense in all of college football right now, which is a little bit surprising stat, but you take into account the teams they've played as well. When you look at that, it's not as big of a surprise. I don't think Clemson has any trouble moving the ball on NC State. This is the first time NC State's seen a true offense. I, th- I think Notre Dame, if it wasn't raining like it was there in Raleigh, I think Notre Dame's offense would have put up some points against NC State because they're so um, they're such a strong passing team. I think that's the case with Clemson as well. A ton of weapons on offense. NC State is going to have trouble defending all those weapons on the outside. I think Deshaun Watson will continue to improve as he's done here each of the last two weeks. I'd like Clemson to cover 17 at home against NC State. That'll be my pick of the week. That's a good pick. It's, uh, that's, again, that's a lot of points to try to cover, but I, I think that you're, you're spot on that Clemson is well-equipped to do that against an NC State team they'll be hosting. Um, I'm tempted, I was tempted to pick Georgia Tech. It's a bad idea to pick my own team and, and all that. And 10.5 is also kind of a lot for a team that's been a little bit snake-bitten with bad luck. So instead, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh minus five at Virginia. Yeah, again, that line looks wrong. And there's times where, you know, your instincts kind of tell you, oh, that line looks wrong. Well, that makes it kind of suspect. Um, I just, I think, again, I think Virginia's going to be able to throw the ball some on Pittsburgh and and move the ball and score some points, but they're not going to keep it within a touchdown here. Um, Like, Pittsburgh just has too much going for it right now, especially offensively. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna bottle up Taquan Mizell and running the ball for Virginia. Um, yeah, I think Pittsburgh's gonna kind of make Virginia one dimensional, and it's just not gonna be enough to keep it within a touchdown. So it's a good pick. My pick of the week: Pittsburgh minus five on the road at Virginia, and again, probably one of the weirder lines we've seen this year uh, among any of these games. But Mike, you said you're at home uh, watching for the second straight weekend. No longer, maybe trading roles for the weekend of being a world traveler with uh, me as I go to Atlanta. Domestic traveler. We we got all phases. We got all phases covered on this podcast. So, oh, of course, we we are uh, we're here for the people. And uh, I was gonna say I haven't I haven't traveled out of the country, but I traveled to Tennessee, so that's pretty close, right? I mean, oh uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a unique experience. It's a different client. Um, it's a different uh, clientele, so to speak. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, for what it's worth, how did, how did we get you the name of World Traveler when I was the one that went to Ireland? You're the one that went to Ireland, podcast. and I just ended up leaving my place of residence more often than you have, so I I was dubbed World Traveler even though you're the actual World Traveler. This is, <laughs> it's ass backwards, but whatever. Literally traveling the world yeah. uh, with college football. Yeah. 
you have the definition locked in, and we somehow <laughs> have it backwards. Whatever. So what's the uh, what's the routine for Saturday? What are you what are you watching and in what order? Okay. Um, well, it's gonna start on Friday. Um, I don't know. This is this is a weird. This is a very weird weekend we have with with the games spread out like they are. Virginia yeah, Tech. Okay, I'm I'm obviously going to be locked into Virginia Tech at three forty five on Saturday. Like, what's? I've never seen a three forty five slot. That's very like, that's... weird. They are on ESPNU, so you can kind of get away with it. Um, I'm going to try to catch some of that Louisville game Friday night um, against Duke. Notre Dame Stanford at seven thirty Saturday night. I'll be tuned into to see if the Irish can just look like a football team. Um, I'm all out of like call in and do like a welfare check at some point. Yeah, that's, that's probably best. I'll be six or seven beers in by like eight o'clock for that seven thirty kickoff. I think, um, I'm all out of order though already. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, seven o'clock Friday. I'll tune into that Louisville game order priority on Saturday, watching Clemson at noon. Um, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on that for your sake. I'll be taking a look at Georgia tech at 1230. Um, along with that Pitt UVA game, and then I'll be watching my Hokies play at 3:45. I'll be almost completely locked into that one, and then um, top it off with Notre Dame Stanford. Um, I, I will see some of that North Carolina Miami game just because I'll be interested. But I'll be so locked into Virginia Tech. I'm I'm afraid that if there's only one TV to be had, we know what game will be on. It'll be me watching the Hokies play. Um, but you know, if there's one game I had to pick to watch this weekend out of all of them, it would actually be the game I probably won't see a whole lot of, and it's North Carolina and Miami. Yeah, being the whole wedding thing, obviously, like I said, I'll be at the Georgia Tech game. Um, dealing with the wedding is going to make it tough, but I kind of want to try to monitor and watch that North Carolina Miami game as much as I can because that seems to be the interesting kind of game of the weekend here for the ACC. Um, and then even as we kind of get into the night, and I'm sure that I'll, I'll be uh, guilted into not watching football at that point. But if I manage to get away with it or sneak off into a you know a bathroom stall or something, uh, that Notre Dame Stanford game is something I'll kind of want to monitor as well. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure I'll be tweeting my uh, secret agent moves of like watching football at socially inappropriate times. So. Absolutely keep an eye out there yeah like, like, I said, like during the actual wedding um you know <laughs> uh, do you take a i do what what, what did he say yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah we just we're covering you know like <laughs> i'll be back i do i do cover the spread like uh <laughs> yeah no i mean I, i've definitely uh that's that's one of the things you probably will have a lot of trouble getting away with at a wedding where you like have to be social. But if you're gonna stream the games, and you're gonna stream any game at night, stream Notre Dame Stanford. You know it'll be a bloodbath. So you can uh, you can watch that, or you could just drink and probably have as good a time as I will have <laughs> trying to watch that game. So it'll be good. Man, watching football games while at a wedding. What a time to be alive. It's great. Thank you, 2016. Thank you, technology. Did something right. Yep. All right. Well, anyways, Mike, we got to get out of here. Uh, this should be a fun weekend. It's been a fun podcast with you tonight here. Um, we will be back next week to recap week seven and preview week eight. Um, until then, you guys can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can also send us an email with the longest email address known to man, 
basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, you can find us on iTunes, find us on Google Play, subscribe and rate and review and do all those neat things. Um, I, I saw a reviewer recently said it was like the greatest podcast they'd ever listened to. Might have been me that was reviewing it, but who's counting? Um, Somebody gave a review, and you know what? We'll take that self-imposed greatness. It's cool. Positive remarks. I'll take it every day. I need to like get my mom to review us on iTunes or something like that. Mine. Feel even better about myself. I say mine too, for that matter. <laughs> sounds good. Well, Mike, have a have a great weekend. Enjoy the games, and uh, we'll talk next week. Yep, sounds good, man. Thanks. All right, for Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver, and until then, go ECC.